0: Welcome to Level Up with Cheryl and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up.
1: Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Cheryl and Danny. Today, we are talking about eight habits of high achievers.
0: Yeah, so these habits that we're going to be listing here today are things that Danny and I have been looking into around how we can maximize productivity. Now, when we say high achievers, I have a sense that a lot of people listening to this are going to fall into that category. And it's basically anyone that has like that little part of them that has a really strong work ethic and just loves getting shit done. Like you're the person that's like, if we ask you to do something, you're going to do it, right, no matter what. Anyone that's probably done a comp prep, done a show, anyone that's hustling in their business, anyone that has that sort of mentality,
1: this is the podcast for you. I feel like high achievers know that they're high achievers because, you know, you're almost born into it or something happens in your childhood and then you just grow up and, and you just can't really sit still or you're always... Thinking creatively, or you're trying to put systems in place, or all of that, you just know you're a high achiever. And you know, in other episodes, we've spoken about how it can be at your detriment sometimes because mm. when is enough enough? You know, <laughs> high achievers, you're always climbing a mountain. And when you think you've popped your flag in the top, you look up, and then the mountain's another two kilometers up. So um, the thing is about that, I mean, you can really use it as a superpower mm. because. You can get amazing things done and create new ideas and and new businesses and other ways to help people. So the list that we've got here, no matter what phase of life that you're in, I feel like high achievers always default to these habits or Mm -hmm. um, these habits create high achievers. Depends what way you look at it yeah absolutely. I think uh b- before we get into
0: it as well, like something I wanted to mention is, and it was actually Nikki Kassar who uh, did a webinar for our girls on the weekend, and she framed it as high achievers are different to high succeeders and I found this really Ooh. interesting because high achievers we pretty much have high standards and high expectations, and we're ambitious, right? We have all those things for ourselves, but sometimes being a high achiever doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be successful because if we don't have strategy and if we don't have self-compassion, if we don't have support and if we don't have these habits that are going to surround that, we're just working hard for the sake of working hard. So I think today, like even though this list is like the habits of, you know, high achievers and maybe high succeeders, uh, we can't just rely on doing things. We need to make sure that there's actual strategy and everything behind the things that we're going to be listing. So First up, when we look at uh, these eight habits, the one that we definitely agreed on to be number one is work ethic. And this is a no-brainer because obviously you need work ethic. Like you need to have really strong uh, ambition. And then I know like work ethic can get like a bit of a bad um, name with like hustle culture and everything, but I, I don't know. Like I think work ethic and a bit of hustle needs to come at some stage if you want to be successful in any big goal that you've set for
1: yourself. 100%. You're not going to be able to work at a comfortable rate and make huge changes and make big things happen at the start anyway. So we've all been in positions where You're working really, really, really hard. And you might not be in a job that you enjoy, but the work ethic is still there. You know, we've Mm -hmm. all had different jobs and we often reflect on our first jobs. Like, I'll never forget hospitality, cleaning all the floors. And, you know, I've cleaned toilets, I've done all of that. But something in me just still wanted to get the job done. And Mm -hmm. even though it wasn't the most glamorous job, you just still do it. And then you carry that work ethic along the way. And, instead of saying, oh, I hate work, you know, this sucks, I'm not going to do it, you go, okay, I'm good at working, I'm not going to stop until I'm doing something that I love. And then Mm. you just keep changing your life, making different decisions, and then you apply that to something until one day after a compounding effect, you go, oh, my God, I'm actually loving what I'm doing now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you can either like be raised to have work ethic or you can develop it later on as well. Um, And the reason why I say this is like I identify for myself that I, since I was younger, have always loved working hard, sometimes like to my own like detriment, uh, where I just love being physically um, hardworking. And it was a big part of me when I was shift working and nursing, like I almost enjoyed the sense of being exhausted at the end of a big shift. So like I said, it's not necessarily a good thing. It's only good when we've got some of the other things that we're going to be chatting about, but we can learn to have stronger work ethic in certain areas. And I also think, as you mentioned, Danny, it can build off the backbone of having gone through hard things and pushing through and developing more of like a. A tolerance for certain aspects or pushing hard enough so that you get reinforced that work ethic usually equals reward. Because at the end of the day, it does like work ethic, like working harder towards something that you care about in a productive way is usually always going to yield more results, especially in business, especially in fitness, right? In these two areas in particular, yes, we need strategy. We can't just flog a dead horse, but work ethic is almost like a
1: prereq for things going well. Oh absolutely work ethic equals reward when when used well and that's very much um what keeps us going i suppose i mean yeah um and we've all again probably heard the the american stereotypes of hustle culture and and all of that and um you know draining all of your energy and we're definitely not about that so do it in a way that is a stretch for you you might have to compromise on sleep and and energy for a little bit but that doesn't you know get you the results long term so do it for short stints if you really have to but then change your way so you're still working hard but then still looking after yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that leads us nicely into our second one, which is tracking energy over time. Now, this is, I guess, quite a common concept, I guess, maybe in the business world where they look at energy and productivity as like one piece, but it's not so common in general society because a lot of people are paid by the hour. You know, you're, you're doing a job for a certain period of time. You have half an hour of cardio, whatever it is, and people really get fixated on the time of doing a task rather than the actual energy put into it. because let's just say we, you know, we've all heard, we all have the same amount of hours as Beyonce, right? Like we all have the same (laughs) amount of hours. But let's be real, like some of us have more energy, which creates productivity, right? Like the more energy we have, the more available cognition and excitement and passion and all those things that come with energy, um, the more productivity we have in certain areas. So rather than thinking about like, oh, I'm going to finish this assignment, you know, Mm. like we've all had things that have been dictated on time. And sometimes like I've definitely found like the time is not the cursor, the time is not the issue. We need to think about what is the energy that I can actually give in this available time because having the time to do it is one piece but what if you can get your job done in half of the amount of time right because that's going to be possible for certain people because they've developed that skill of productivity so tracking energy rather than time is usually going to be something that's going to allow you to equal more success
1: yeah and to to go off the back end of your example about assignments we've all been there in that in that zone where you know we might set the whole day to get the uh, the work done or the assignment and because we know we have so much time we might go to the fridge or we might get distracted on on social media and all of that rather than okay I've got two hours left I'm going to put my phone away all distractions and then you just get that done in two hours rather than the whole day Mm. and as we've grown up it's the same with work Mm. you know we don't have to work 10 hours every day if we're scattered and unfocused you're better off having a good two hours get it all done and then go and the rest of your life um, yeah and um, Paul's family or hairdressers and we, we often talk about this where people want a quick haircut or they want the result really quick because they actually save money because mm-hmm. they get to go back to work so it's not about I want to sit in the hairdressing chair for five hours because I'm paying a lot more it's like no I'll pay the same get it done quicker and then I'll sort of make that back in that hour or two that I save it's mm-hmm. an interesting way to flip it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's
0: a I think it's a really healthy way to look at things, though. I know, for example, there's a they're rolling out in some countries and some places the four day work week. I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but um, a lot of big places I know they're doing it sort of in parts of the UK where they're trialling a four day work week because they've noticed that productivity and happiness and staff retention and satisfaction all improve, um, whilst productivity remained like either elevated or the same, like it didn't decline by actually doing less hours. So that was a, a very interesting thing to read about. And um, I heard, like I was reading somewhere, don't quote me about them bringing into parts of Australia in the corporate world, like oh. different areas, are obviously going to like different workplaces are going to value it a lot more, right? Like, and and, and really need energy over time. Um, obviously, if you go for a, a massage, right, like you pay for an hour massage, you're not going to be done like half an hour. Oh, there true. You same thing. So there's going to be certain industries where time is still obviously important, but not in the business world. World, not in the fitness world, um, and not in a lot of areas as well. And I've definitely experienced this like recently, the last sort of three weeks where I've just been hammered at work and I haven't really had like a proper full day off in like three weeks now. And I noticed it's definitely not something like a lot of people wear this with a badge of honour. And to me, I'm like, it's not healthy and it's not good to do it. And I actually noticed my decreased efficiency, productivity, and work ethic Because of it, you know, like I just don't have the stamina to be able to get through like projects and and meetings and those sorts of things that I need long term to make sure that I have the energy available. So it's something that I'm like, it's a good reminder to flag to be like, hey, like, of course, like really being on all of the time with high energy, it's actually not sustainable and it's actually not supposed to be. So I think a lot of the time we need to audit how we're spending our time and energy and make sure it's appropriate.
1: Yeah, fantastic. And whether that means, you know, getting up a little bit earlier, we've got some a lot of early birds listening to this, have that hour to yourself before you get lost in the day. Or if you don't get that opportunity, then give yourself an hour at night time once people go to bed and and just have that time to yourself. It doesn't even have to be for work. It can just be to switch off and go through a bit of entertainment on um, TV or anything and just switch off and have that time to yourself to recharge for the next day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And the third one is writing down your goals. Now, we all know how important it is to put pen to paper and actually make uh, plans and and visualize and make, I guess, just dreams and thoughts like almost a reality. But writing down your goals or having a plan in any other area, like whether it's a business plan or a direction where you're going in business, whether it's fitness and following like a, a training program or whether it's personal and like scheduling holidays and having breaks and family events, like having a plan and allowing yourself to force the future is always going to make sure that you can actually get to your long-term goals by increasing
1: productivity excitement and allowing your vision to come to life oh yeah to allow your vision to come to life you have to be consumed in it everywhere you look Mm -hmm. writing it writing it down as you said having it on your phone whether it be your wallpaper or um, having it in your environment you know talking about it to other people and having a team or or supportive friends and family you need to be Become consumed in it to then be so focused because, yeah. and what I've learned coming back home just for the week, which it's a great time, but distractions. Mm-hmm. And I find myself, you know, the old habits of when I was younger coming up again. And it's very relaxed here. And I'm sure you'll get that the same, Sherelle. And it's very what relaxed. Habits, and- Danny, I'm curious. Sorry. What, what, were- are, what are some of those habits in terms of um, what's coming back? Well, they're not even really habits. It's more just chilling out, having fun, Mm. having a few drinks, just slow, you know, walking. There are horses. There are hay bales. I don't live on a farm, but for some reason they're they're there. Um, (laughs) And I'm like, cool, this is nice. But then I'm like, where's my work? Where's my adrenaline? Where's this? Um, Which is probably why I floated into Sydney quite nicely. But, yeah, like I realised that. I'm like, oh, okay, I don't... I don't feel a hundred percent. Um, so then I just get on my laptop and that calms me down, which is so backwards. You know what I mean? Like, no, but
0: it's important (laughs) to acknowledge because I think, um, it's like, yes, having goals and having plans is important that you can actually notice when you go away, that it feels out of character for you to not be on schedule all the time, even though part of me goes, it's really healthy that we do that. Um, and I actually love, like the only way that I can slow down is essentially by changing my environment. Like I, I have to go yep. home or I have to go away or I have to go out for dinner or something like that to allow my body to recognize it's different state um, because I want to feel driven and goal orientated and to my calendar when I'm in the office or when I'm working like I want to feel that in my body somatically but then also mentally so I think it's good to be able to make sure that you can pull away Danny because it's a, it's a part of the plan like having this week away is also part of the plan
1: yeah, I love that. But I also find, I don't know if you get this as well, where people, because we work online, it's still foreign to a lot of people yep. when we go back. So they think if I'm present right here, right now, there's no work left because I'm not at the workplace. So <laughs> everyone's popping in, and which is great. Again, I'm mm. so happy for the social aspect, but I'm like, fuck, I want to work. Like I just need an hour on my computer to me. But people think, oh, she's not, like she's here, she's not working or there's no work to be done. I'm like, oh. Do you get that or oh when I was home in Swan Hill,
0: we were doing we were hiring Luke and I were hiring an oh, sh- interview and mum's in the background <laughs> kind of folding away and, <laughs> and microphone. So I was like, Mum, don't come into the kitchen thing. Anyway, <laughs> and I see her like getting up and just walking past like quietly, you know, <laughs> bless you. Anyways, dad comes in, Colin. Oh my god. I can't, you know, and that's, that's so fun. I think it's hilarious when it happens because I'm like, it just highlights sometimes how structured we do get. Um, Mm. And sometimes you've got to laugh at yourself. But like I said, I think those things are important. The one thing I did want to mention (laughs) is, um, be flexible with your goals though. Like I think having plans and having goals and having structures around you is so important for success, especially if you want to get a lot of things done in a small amount of time, because yes, we look at energy, but it's no, it's like a, like a time budgets are always going to be a lot of people's biggest limiter in business because like we do run out of time and that's a legitimate excuse for us. It's not an excuse, sorry. It's a legitimate thing. Like there is only a certain amount of hours that everyone has in the day. Um, and when you're trying to optimize productivity, it's just a, a wall that you end up running into. So I think when mm. it comes to goals and structures and systems, like it's important to have them to give you direction So you you know where to steer the ship or steer the compass. But then when things change, because in business you're literally just putting fires out every day um, and trying to figure out how to keep moving forward, you have to be flexible with your plan and with your your actual um, processes that you're following. Like be flexible. When things shift and change, don't get so hell-bent on the goals or the
1: vision or the business plan that you've set out. Um, Be okay with shifting. Yeah, because at the end of the day, those goals and vis- visions and business plans with the time frame has have not accounted for the fires that you have to put out every day. It hasn't accounted for, you might feel unwell for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right. That's a very good point. Don't let a time-bound goal limit you. And I've definitely done that in the past because we were all told, write your five-year plan, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, I'll I'll stick with the vision. I'll work at it every day, and then I'll get there in the time that that suits me in my life. So, set your vision, do all that. Have a rough time, guide, but. Don't use that as the only factor that you're yeah. working towards because what even is time? We just make it up based on what sounds good. Yeah. If
0: we did an episode on like the habits of people that are unsuccessful, I honestly reckon it would be that, if like having a five-year fixed hard plan. It's it's honestly what people say to you um, that want to create something sexy or some sort of system for people to follow. Like it's True. And you, you can't be a follower. If you want to set like a new path, you've got to be a trendsetter. You've got to be like a, you know, creating the direction. And that means pivoting and that means taking opportunities when they come, right, because timing is so important um, for being able to grab opportunities. But It's the number one important thing. Some people yeah. utilise the timing of certain things and they ride a big wave um, and they were just there, right person, right time. And that's amazing, good on them, um, but that's why it's so important to not let missed opportunities uh, just go by.
1: And that's yep. what can happen if you stick to a plan too diligently. 100% nailed it. Um, continued education is the next point. And originally this was, um, a point about reading and we've all heard the term like leaders are readers or readers are leaders. Mm. And then we're kind of reflecting and going, yes, but now we've got audiobooks, we've got podcasts, we've got courses, we've got so many other ways in which we can consume content. Um, that doesn't involve reading. So. Yeah, I mean, read books and and we love that. But, um, yeah, definitely don't be afraid to consume um, education while you're walking or while you're Mm -hmm. doing other things.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And yeah, we did originally have like reading books, but then I was like, oh, I'd
0: be lying to be honest, because I listen to so many podcasts and audibles um, because I'm such an auditory learner. And I think it does, you don't, it's not a practice, right? It's not the practice of reading. It's the practice of consuming education from learning from like mentors in books and like absorbing knowledge in the areas that you want to do. And there's so many ways to do that. So I think um, especially like audibles and podcasts, it's such a new time for that sort of uh, that sort of content to be available so like consuming that like I think a lot of the most successful people do that um, that do that do it because they generally enjoy it not because they feel like they have to right like they would choose to listen to that podcast in their spare time or they would choose to read the book or listen to the Audible over a music track or whatever it might be so I think the choice in that comes from the actual desire to
1: want to be a learner as well yeah, and there are definitely moments where I cannot be bothered and I'd rather just sing. And mm. I know you always post singing on your story in the car and you've got to have that fun as Absolutely. well. But. Um Yeah, I, I feel like the underlying thing for continued education is recognizing we will always be students. And the most successful people are okay with asking questions. They're okay to admit that they don't know something. So they're getting help from someone else. It's really important to realize that there's unlimited knowledge in the world. And who are we to think that we know it all? It's just yep. so... Backwards, you often get the people that talk the loudest, and and they say, "No, it's my way. I know it all," and
0: and they Mm. know the
1: least. The real ones sit back, they observe, they learn, Mm. and then you just yeah keep growing that way. Yeah, the real ones,
0: the people that know the most, the ones that like you said, they sit back and they say things like, "It depends," or you know, "I need more context," or they they ask for that because they understand that you don't know what you don't know and there is no blanket answer for certain things. And even though clickbait and and like, you know, catchy titles and stuff is what grabs attention, um, it's not necessarily what leaves impact on people. It's not helpful, you know. And I've been thinking about that a little bit as well as like sometimes with the content that you put out, it's like I don't want it to be just attention grabbing it. I want it to be impactful. Like I want to leave a message from that piece. What is the actual message? Um, And I get frustrated with people that just scream like calorie deficit or they just scream yeah. some thing and I'm like is that helpful like is that like do you think that people don't know that like you know is it actually helpful so I think it's about the messaging piece that we're doing with that education as well um and always be mindful like we live in a world where we do have access to so much information and that's another piece too like a lot of people want to know the next course to do the next book to read I get asked all the time what podcast yeah. on nutrition should I listen to it was something on my story yesterday and I'm like well it depends Depends on your current level of knowledge because Mm -hmm. what I'm reading may not be helpful, probably won't be helpful for you because you can only build on a level of knowledge that you have or you don't have. So going above that is not helpful and going below that is not helpful. And that's why I think reading, for example, like I might read a book uh, for a second or a third time and I'll learn something new or resonate with something different or I'll pick up on things that I might have missed because. I am living a different life now. I have more experiences and more knowledge. So you interpret things in a very different way. And I think it's important to think of that when it comes to courses and books and just information.
1: Yeah, for sure. So learn something, apply it, and then look for the next resource. Mm. Don't just get lost in the abundance of information, which it's so easy to get lost in. And it's easy to because the more you learn, the more you realise you don't know and that can be quite overwhelming sometimes. Mm. So don't be on a mission to learn at all. Like you and I are so about building teams. And if there's an area that you you don't wish to learn about just because it's not in your capacity, get someone who enjoys learning about that. Get someone who's really good at that thing. Um, I mean, it's okay to have a baseline level of knowledge within your business, but hey, spend time being good at what you're good at, I think, mm. and then, you know, team up with someone who's really good at their thing too, rather than just trying to learn it all, being mediocre and then burning out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Really well said. Uh, Moving on, the next one is exercise, right? And I think this is a no-brainer. Like none of these are no – like – a lot of these, you guys will be able to guess, but exercise, even if you look at the most successful people, like people that have multi-billion dollar companies, they still make time to look after their body because exercise or training or whatever, um, like method of movement you're doing, it generates energy. It makes you fitter it improves your overall health, your well-being physically, mentally, emotionally, all of these areas that are going to make you better, um, business men or women, um, business leaders, and then also like like just happier in general, and when we're happier and healthier, we're going to live more fulfilled lives, and we're going to be able to give more. So it's a no-brainer that a lot of the top people still prioritize exercise, even though they are the most time-poor people uh, that you would know. They get up early or they do the thing because they know how important that one piece is.
1: Yeah, there's no point building an empire and then, you know, your life ends at 50 from a heart condition, which you see so much and the statistics are just crazy. Mm. Um, Even amongst animal hierarchies, so there was a study on monkeys and the higher up the monkey was in the food chain, they had more heart heart disease and more visceral belly fat as well. Yeah. Um, They get the food brought to them. They get the the food brought to them. They were spending their time in the tree dictating all the worker apes, but then the worker apes were more healthy because, they were moving around and and exercising and you know being in charge of things and and being a leader it can be stressful at times but Mm. you know not to say that it's never stressful it's about how you deal with it so we need to preserve our energy our health and well-being um, and then we'll be able to be a better leader as well so what even is time poor I mean you need to prioritize your health as I said a lot of those I'm not going to keep saying American people, but that's just what's in my lens of of what I used to look at. I'm like, right, what are they doing? What are these causes? Um, and then I'd look at them and go, mm-hmm. okay, they're really rich, but shit, they don't look healthy. They don't yeah. mind like sweating a little bit and, <laughs> and you know, they're, they, and just... they just don't look healthy. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, I, I actually don't want to copy that at all. So yeah. now I look at people and it's like, wow, look at them living a fulfilled life. And, yes, it's still tough and they're working a lot, but, They're looking after their health and well-being and that's the most important thing. Yeah, I
0: think it's so important. I think it's super important. It's something like obviously neither of us will ever let go because it's so ingrained in us. Um, and we've reaped so many re- rewards like physically and mentally, um, and psychologically from making sure that we do prioritize our physical health. And there's been times where we've pushed it to the extreme, right? Like during competing and it's, it's probably no longer physically healthy, but it's still absolutely exercise. I think, um, there's a podcast that I listen to. I don't know if you know it, uh, Danny Real AF podcast. Andy Frasella, have you? Oh to Andy Frasella, yeah. Um what's his
1: thing? <laughs> 75 Hard. I was
0: about to say, yeah. um, don't agree with the methods or anything. No. But yeah, he created Very masculine. A, yeah, he created a thing called 75 Hard and it's like the rules are insane, like it's exercised twice a day. It's yeah. like this 75. One has like to be heart. outside. Yeah. Even it's, if it's raining. It's basically like a way to flog mental toughness into yeah. you. But the thing I I do love about his podcast, because again, completely polar opposite style to us and what we speak about, <laughs> but he's very big on um, fitness and training as being a method for business success. He speaks about it quite openly and he's like, I get shit done when I do 75 hard business explodes. And again, he's very much the extreme um, of like what I guess people would acknowledge and say, because because I think we need balance between both areas. We should be using exercise to enhance what we're doing in other areas, not take over. Um, But it, it, I love his messaging sometimes because it does reinforce something that isn't said a lot by top-level CEOs and people that aren't earning billions of dollars. Like you just don't hear that message. Like you see them get up and maybe go for a 20-minute jog, you know, and that's sort of what you see in the business world as their form of exercise. But he's obviously on the opposite side of the the fence going a bit more extreme. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like let's move in the middle uh, and make sure that you're making time for like, you know, mental exercise, which could be like, you know, walking meditation and those sorts of things like getting out in nature and going to the beach like that's exercise right that's moving your body but then also like danny we're very biased but i sort of think it's the way the world needs to be is like everyone should lift weights right like it's a part of their routine yep. and do resistance training um i think like Everyone needs to include that for making sure that we can, you know, have strong muscles, bones, and then, like what you said, prevent against cardiovascular disease. And no one's talking about that at our age. It's not sexy. No mm. one cares about heart health. But these are things that we need to think about, like in our late 20s, like moving forward. We live very sedentary lifestyles. So, if we want to thrive in other areas like business, we need to make sure that our body is resilient enough um, and looked after well enough and recovered. Covering enough by including regular exercise uh, every week consistently
1: yeah that uh, i know a few people that have done 75 hard actually and i think it's a great kickstart just like any challenge for someone who's never trained before sometimes you need something that that is that freaking crazy or you know exercise twice a day one being a walk read a page of a book every day or something it was drink x amount of water like the habits are okay Mm -hmm. and the community aspect really draws you in and you become a part of the culture and it's very fiery um you obviously can't do that forever what you said but i think it's a great entry point and we had our version of extremes with competing or even when we had our strength goals you have to be so fixated and focused and a little bit crazy about it but then you go okay cool that was a good catalyst now I'll just find some middle ground because maybe going into middle ground you're easy it's easier for you to drop the ball whereas if you go a little bit crazy and you drop the ball it kind of brings you to middle Mm. ground if that makes sense Mm. um so interesting. Yeah, I honestly think that everyone needs
0: to go hard at something at some stage. Like I think everyone needs to push yeah. their physical performance at things. Like I, I've i always loved working hard physically, like whether it was running, like I used to love like long distance and running 30, I think my max was like 35Ks is the longest I've run consistently. Amazing. Um, and it wasn't the running, do you know what I mean? Like it's never the it's never the thing. It's just the pushing your physical barriers. You're, because I feel like physically, for me, if I can do physically really hard things, give me any mental task and I will do it. Mm-hmm. Like the physical aspect, it's why how weak for the like the um you know the seals. It's why they push them physically because it's how you build mental toughness in other areas. Because they need to know that they can crack you and that you're not going to break down. And again, obviously these are extremes, but we all have our own level of extreme for some people it's going to be something like 75 hard or it's going to be competing or it's going to be running or whatever it's up to you to decide of what your level of difficult um is and what you're up to but i just think overall when you've gone hard at something you can come back and know what the middle ground and the mediocre is otherwise i feel like if you've never truly pushed yourself physically you sit in this mediocre phase
1: and you think that's hard Mm. Yeah, if the fire's there, run with it. Mm-hmm. Never add a detriment to your health, just the underlying little um, waiver that we have there, but fucking run with the fire when it's burning. It's so good. And then you look back and go, oh, my God, I, I did something really amazing and it's yep. so cool. We're yep. so resilient. Humans can do amazing things. Mm. Mm. Yeah, right. absolutely. Let's move on. Passion. Moving Passion. on. Passion. Oh, uh,
0: awesome. Reflection. Now, this is obviously... Yes a no brainer, but again, not something that's really talked about. It's, it's sort of quite obvious to me now after doing it for so long, but looking back and reflecting on what you've actually done and being critical and assessing outside of the moment itself is so important to be able to learn, to be able to learn through like, you know, wins or mistakes or lessons and be able to take those with you so that you can
1: actually get better for next time yeah yeah so looking back's great but then we don't also want to get too fixated on the past Mm. you know you can have moments where you're just dwelling and why did that happen and so and so but like again use all these tools as a superpower because if you take them too literally they will not serve you well so look back to get feedback be okay with it say okay that was the decision I made at the time that was the process I did at the time how can I improve and Mm. then start looking forward yeah. And doing it on like a really frequent basis, like not like,
0: oh, I'm going to reflect on my year. Um, no, not can on do, January 1. No. Luke and I do a process every week for business and we go wins, um, stuck and lessons. So mm-hmm. we reflect on wins because I think far too often we're always looking for the next thing um, and trying to achieve the next thing. And if you're not like sitting in your wins and the things that went well, you, you miss them and you're always like ambitious for the next thing. And that's an unhealthy way to look at business, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Um, And then the stucks is always interesting to be like, what are we stuck on? Like what areas do we need to think more about or what's a problem that we haven't quite solved yet? And that just gets you critically thinking. And then lessons are maybe like, Mistakes, but reframed of like, okay, what's the actual learning piece that I can take from that, um, so that we don't go into that situation next time like that or whatever it might be. And not only do can you apply this sort of um, thinking or strategy or whatever to like business, of course, but you know your fitness goals or your personal goals or your relationship, like every element of or every every area of our life that we actually want to improve on moving forward, we actually have to have that reflective process and ideally, I don't know about you, Danny, but ideally on a weekly basis. It doesn't have to be formal, obviously. It doesn't have to be like a meeting. It can just be like on a Sunday, like end of week reflection or a journaling practice. But I think that those that are serious about achieving and learning uh, and, you know, gathering new information and being better, they have a reflection process on a weekly basis.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's so great because you're not turning a blind eye to things. You're looking at your actions straight in the face and and you're laying it out there and going, okay, I'm going to take ownership now. And obviously, you can't be in control of every scenario that happens to you in your life. But as we say, you can control how you react. And if you look at it openly and say, okay, this was what happened. It didn't go to plan. You don't start to blame everyone else and go, no, I'm right They're wrong and then turn a blind eye. No, we reflect. We come up with a strategy. As uncomfortable as it is, it's so uncomfortable looking at something that just didn't go well. It's very cringe, Mm. Um, again, whether it be business or personal or confrontation or anything, but take ownership, okay, and then come up with a plan. And sometimes if I if I have a day that's a bit flat or whatever on a micro scale on that day, I, I get out my pen and paper and go, no, this is what I did. Well, you have to use it to reframe your energy as well. And mm. again, we're never going to, we're not here to say it's always amazing. And we're always having the best time. It's never challenging because we'd be so bored if that was the case anyway. Um, but we're, we are saying that use that, but then reframe, don't Absolutely. just dwell. A lot of people dwell. A lot of people cut off and say, nope, I'm right. I'm not going to change my ways. And that's, again, on the podcast of how to not be successful. Yeah, yeah, coming (laughs) soon. It's a
0: really good piece though, Danny, because I think with reflection and something that I was definitely, um, I guess, introduced with reflection as it did have a negative association or a negative bias. When we would reflect back, it was only on the shit we did wrong Mm -hmm. or only on the things that needed to be better. And like I said, that's why that wins piece, like what went well is really important to reflect on because when we reflect on the things that go well, we're going to be more likely to repeat them as well. So when we can reflect from, Personal level, like let's say your fitness goals. What went well is I meal prepped on a Sunday, and that actually did set me up really well for the week. And I was compliant for my nutrition. You can see that gateway habit have a ripple effect across the week so you can reflect on what went well and from a place of positive reinforcement you're going to be more likely to repeat it rather than punishment or negative reinforcement which leads to guilt and shame and we can't actually make change from that place anyways so that's mm. why i think when we have reflection it needs to start with a positive note because a lot of high achievers already have critical aspects of themselves that think that it wasn't good enough um and that's honestly like like i said like through school through uni through nursing reflection was like oh how could you be better? And that's not a bad thing because for people that don't have work ethic, they probably need that. They probably need to kick up the ass. And that's why I think there's a different level of habits or processes and things that we look at with goal setting um, around people that do have that high achieving mentality because we're already incredibly good at setting the bar extremely high for ourselves. And sometimes we set ourselves up for failure when we do that because we can't reflect on the things that have gone well.
1: So well said. And that that um, leads nicely into the the second last point, positive internal dialogue. High mm-hmm. achievers, as you said, often have a negative internal dialogue and can use that as a motivator, not being mm-hmm. good enough, need to know more and, and all of that. And it's very dangerous. I mean, on a micro level, you can say, okay, I'm not happy with where I am now. And and that was very much the catalyst of where, I, like, for the start of my compreps many moons ago now, I know three years now, 2019. Um but it would never come from a place of, you know, self-hate, okay? so And you can recognize it in people. They might achieve something amazing, but then you look in their eyes and in their soul and it's like, oh, my God, you still can't see all of the amazing things that you've been doing. And that's how you know that they're coming from, like, all the amazing things around them are coming from a place of of negative um, self-talk. So mm. there's no no better feeling than being your best friend your Mm -hmm. own best friend and you don't rely on anyone else and, and the validation and, you know, you reflect on your wins and use that as practice because we all don't wake up and have the confidence to look in the mirror and say nice things. It's a lot easier said than done. But using that reflection piece and going, hey, I actually did that really well. And even if it's a small thing, you know, you helped, what's the stereotype? You helped an old lady cross the street. I don't know. That's a beautiful thing. Just reflect on your nice actions during the day and and keep ticking off those little wins. And that's how you build your confidence and self-esteem. Mm, Absolutely. I think like internal dialogue is often
0: overlooked and not spoken about a lot because it's internal a lot of the times. And I think it's uh, from Joe Dispenza's book where I remember this from, but the reason why how we speak to ourselves is so important is because our internal dialogue is essentially our thoughts. Um, Our thoughts uh, become our feelings. Our feelings turn into our emotions. Our emotions become our behaviours and our behaviours become our habits and then our habits become who we are. So a lot of people like might address the habit piece or at the end of the cycle without actually looking at their internal dialogue or their their critical parts or how they actually speak to themselves which is where we need to start for that cascade to move in a positive direction so with having positive internal dialogue i i have this assumption and i've been thinking about this a little bit the reason why a lot of us make mistakes and what you were saying there danny is like when you look at some people and you're like why would you do that or can't you see this it, I I believe, in my opinion, it comes from a place of like whether you have self worth or whether you mm-hmm. don't. Because if you don't have self worth and you go, oh well, like you don't on, on a subconscious level, you don't have high self worth or self esteem. You're more likely to say yes to everything because you've got people pleasing aspects showing up that you just want to be good and keep everyone else happy at the cost of your own expense. Um, you're not going to respect your own time. Because you're like, I'll just help you and I'll jump in and I'll do that. And you're more likely to do things for the wrong reason because you're trying to get worth or you're trying to have confidence or you're trying to build status or whatever it might be. Whereas when you do have a really strong self-worth or self-esteem aspect and you go, I'm good enough, therefore, I don't need to do that. Like I can if I want to. Right? Like I can if I want to, if it's coming from a place of self-compassion. But if you can go, I don't need to do that. And actually my time is valuable. So please don't waste it. Or I'm going to charge that. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to charge that, not just offer everything or offer discount codes and things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm actually worth this. You know, you have this like internal authority that it's um it's, it's it's like it's confidence right that's confidence that's how we actually build confidence and I think people confuse this with arrogance people go oh, yes she knows she's talking herself up or she's so up herself and it's like no 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 self-worth and self-esteem should be rewarded and recognized as like a favorable um like aspect of someone like we should aspire to look up to ourselves and have si- um, high self-esteem and see no one as above that. You know, no one's above us, never too high, never too low, Michael Jordan, quote, unquote. Yeah, uh, but it's about realizing that, yeah, that self-worth piece, I think it it leads to a lot of people's sabotage in business.
1: Oh, yeah. Like a lot of people don't think they're worthy of success, even mm-hmm. though they spend every day dreaming about it, chasing it. And then it happens and they go, "Ooh, I'm going to make this a little bit challenging for myself because I've got the thing, but I can't believe I've got it. I'm going to self-sabotage and we did do a whole podcast um, with Michelle around the neuroscience of that but it's still very prevalent. Mm. Um, So they use that that negative energy because it creates a fight part in us. It creates movement and it Mm. allows us to get the thing done but that negative energy creating the catalyst, it's already the start of the chain that you mentioned in Joe Dispenza's book, and then you get the outcome, but then you don't believe you deserve it anyway because the way that you got there was so disempowering.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: And then you mentioned um a point about confidence, how it can be perceived as being cocky or someone up themselves and... um That means you're in the wrong crowd. You're Mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with the wrong people because the right people in your circle will love to see you so happy and successful. The wrong people, unfortunately, they've got a little bit of inner work to do because your success is a mirror on them and then it highlights all the things that they need to work on you know what I mean their insecurities and yes we can try and help them and lift them up but if you're surrounded with that all the time it can be very challenging and then you start Mm -hmm. to have your own internal dialogue of oh my god do I actually deserve it all these people are so unhappy why should I be happy so those challenging thoughts do come up and I still get it um, if, if I'm surrounded by certain people and it's like well No, we Mm. we all deserve to be happy because the happier we are, if we're coming from a good place, then we we can indirectly be motivation for other people. They can look at us and go, wow, if they can do it, I can do it, you know. Mm. So, yeah, we always come back to environment in our podcasts and you and I have been in so many different environments so we know how important it is and it always comes back to that factor. And sometimes you can't help everyone. And that's Mm. what I have to learn. Even coming back home, I'm the mediator of the family and everyone around me, and fuck, it wears heavy sometimes. So I'm like, I'm sorry. I love you all. I have to go now and protect my energy, (laughs) guys. I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? Really important, though, and I think it's important to
0: highlight as well, like... You know, Danny, we both don't have positive internal dialogue 100% of the time, but it's definitely mm. more often than not. And if we do have like a negative thought come in or like oh you can't do that or whatever, we're usually p- pretty quick to notice it. Um pretty quick to I guess uh do something to help us get out of that state and not actually uh entertain it or pursue it in a certain way. But yeah, I think like so When would that
1: come up for you, sorry? I just want to know when would it come up for you and what do you do to harness it? Yeah, so um, probably a recently one, like I'm due for my period in a
0: couple of days and oh, I feel like a, a, like a, like a water balloon, but I know that like, I know why I'm empowered with knowledge. I don't, and therefore I don't look at myself in the mirror and pick myself apart. Like, I just know that it's a state and this too, will like will pass. Um, so that would be like a body one of like when it would show up. And then maybe with uh, like, maybe with business, as everyone knows, things come in waves. Like sometimes it's like shit's going wrong everywhere. Everywhere. And then sometimes things are great. And mm-hmm. I think having a lot of uh like having data, like tracking data and and making sure I'm not making emotional choices or decisions, I should say, uh, being able to step back and like assess things and then go, okay, like just part of the wave, right? This don't have impulses or reflexes towards things. Um, having objective data in that sense really helps me sort of regulate and and I guess, control my decision so it doesn't come from a place of fear, which is what Mm. we're sort of talking about when it comes to negative uh, narratives.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What about you? Um, yeah I notice if I'm out of my window of tolerance so for example if your cup's a bit full and Mm. overflowing and your tolerance for things is a little bit less I can notice the self-talk coming in just because you you reach a point of being you need a good sleep you just need to chill out you know maybe have a rest day and if I'm tipping on the edge of being quite overstimulated or exhausted just from being out there and spreading my energy everywhere Mm. um, I do notice the urge for impulsive reactions or to to just want to sort of step away from it all and and the dialogue does change so then I just do my self-care which is just have a little bit of time for myself do a few things on the computer listen to music and and just manage energy um so that's the underlying thing and and it only comes yeah as as it all does for for all of us when you've just given a little bit too much yeah and and then it can show up in the form of um yeah around body composition or career it it will show up in different elements of life but the underlying factor is okay you just need to take a breather have some time for yourself and regroup and then the voices change and then the dialogue changes again.
0: Yeah. Something I, I wanted to mention too earlier, you mentioned about, we were talking about the difference between arrogance and confidence and mm. uh, people getting those confused where they might like, go, oh, she's so cocky or she's up herself or look at her always posting that or whatever it might be. Um, I I think uh, like when people do that, they, they sort of come from their own insecurities. And I want everyone to imagine that your best friend, like your best high school friend that you grew up with that you absolutely love or your sister or your mum, or your daughter, they come up to you and they go, I'm just having a really good body day. Like, I'm just really appreciating how I'm looking and how I'm feeling and look at my, you know, look at my quads at the moment or look at my glutes or whatever. Would you go, oh, you're so arrogant, cocky. Mm -hmm. Would you ever, like, it hurts me to say that. Would you ever do that to someone that you love or you care about? You never would. You'd Mm -hmm. hype them up and you'd be like, hell yeah. Like even if you disagreed, whatever, like (laughs) you would still do it, right? And I think a lot of us are quick to then feel... I don't know, feel less worthy or feel knocked down a notch by people external to us that don't care about us that are pointing fingers and doing that when in mm. reality they don't look at us like a friend or a sister or someone that they aspire to be like. And I learned this by putting up those anonymous Q&A boxes. I'm like, wow, uh. when you take the person at like the, the, um, the identity away from someone else and you let them, you know, They're essentially people that do that, they're cowards because they don't want to show their face. And So what did they say, sorry? Oh, nothing bad, but like I might get the odd one where it was like, oh, you know, you come across as quite arrogant sometimes to to do that. Like I got the odd one of that and I did share it. Interesting. Um, And I just find that interesting because I'm like the first thought that come up to me is like, no, I don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, straight away, no. Of
0: course I don't. Um, But if I didn't have self-worth, I'd be like, oh, do I? Maybe mm. I better change how I communicate. Maybe I better change my content style. Maybe I better change how I show up. Change, 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 change. For others that have insecurities because I have high self-esteem mm. and that's not a bad thing. And I think people think self-esteem is like arrogance and something that we should be embarrassed of. And maybe it comes from school where it's like, oh, my God, you look so good today. No, I, do, oh, do you think so? Do you think yeah, so? Yeah, oh, that's do, Right? And it's sort of like. Ugh. No, we reward people for having confidence and self-esteem that we care about. And if people aren't doing that, they don't care about you essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. People often deflect a, com- a compliment as well. Always, yeah. as you said, and yep. it's just a really bad habit to be in. So it if, you, if you do it, habit. even sometimes I catch Paul out, I'd compliment him and then he'd r- it deflect it to another thing. I'm like, just say thank you and he's like thank you and now he says thank you automatically i'm like fuck yes Um, there's a there's actually a lot on this podcast sorry no (laughs) i get passionate about all this i swear too it means we're excited
0: um there's a good book that i read ages ago and i can't remember the exact title at the moment
1: no, no. It's oh, here along- we go. We're going to get all the DMs. Now. Don't ask me.
0: But it's something along <laughs> the lines of like the habits of, um. it was like, you know, eight habits of um, strong women, right? It was Ooh. like a book about that. And one of them was about accepting compliments because I think as women we do go, oh, your makeup looks good. And you go, oh, yeah, no, nah, it's fine. Like, you know, it's not really smart every day. Or they go, that's a nice dress. And you go, oh, it's an old one
1: you know Literally. They go,
0: something different nah I just washed my hair like oh my god you hear yeah. that all the time we do it all the time because accepting a compliment makes us feel uncomfortable when we have a lower self-worth in that area and that's just mm. a fact right it's nothing wrong but I think the first step is always acknowledging and and knowing that and then I always encourage like Just accept the compliment and see how that feels, and just be okay with that. Know that it's probably not going to feel super comfortable because, in the past, especially growing up, it wasn't acceptable to almost accept compliments. So, we deflected them, and then you had this back and forth
1: of like, No, it is not. (laughs) (laughs) So, like like in Mean Girls, where she's like, You're so pretty, and she's like, Oh, thanks, and she's like, Oh, so you think you're pretty? And yes, like, uh...
0: that's exactly right. And that's ingrained in us on a subconscious level. And it's why we feel uncomfortable when people give us compliments, like the, building a positive internal dialogue can start by accepting compliments. Like that's how we yeah. start to build ourselves, because if we tell ourselves that we're not those things, um, then we will start to believe it, right? Like those thoughts become emotions, emotions, behaviors, habits, etc. So I think building a positive internal dialogue is so important for every area of your life, but also so you're
1: yeah and just before we move on um back on like the cockiness and all of that like if people look to a leader they want someone who's sure in themselves strong sure of their opinion again without doing it to minimize anyone else but it's even in again good to go back to the animal food chain the leader of the lion pack is the strong one who they're gonna go out and fight you know you don't just have a little someone sitting on the fence who changes their opinion based on what everyone's saying or they're insecure you know So don't downplay yourself. If you're a leader, be the leader. Always be kind, but stick up for yourself too, always. Yep. Yeah, really well said. Everyone wants to be lead
0: from a place of um, certainty and mm. security and safety. And it comes from being confident in the person that you are and sure of yourself. So absolutely. And to our last one is hire mentors and coaches. So the average millionaire has seven mentors before they earn a million dollars. Right. And I think when we can look at the most successful people, we can learn so much from many different areas and mentors has become like the new trendy thing. I don't know if you have sensed that, but like a lot of people are wanting mentors these days. And I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing, but I also don't want people to get overwhelmed with oh well i must have seven mentors like i need a mentor for business and fitness and i need one for family and relationships and you know i think i think having a few solid strong mentors is important because sometimes you know too many chefs in the kitchen can spoil the broth as the saying goes and i think it's important to make sure that you're taking your advice from quality over quantity
1: Yeah. And it's the same as what we were saying earlier about all of the courses. If you're trying to learn things from too many different avenues, you won't have time to apply it. So Mm. spend time with someone who can help with your career, for example, apply, apply, apply. And then maybe next time work on your personal relationship, you know, Um, it depends what you need help with and everything, but having mentors, it's just a game changer. And I don't mean sign up for someone, I'm going to throw it out there. Go, don't sign up for someone's earn six figures in six weeks course. That's not oh, a mentor. Sorry. A mentor. <laughs> I just love triggering <laughs> with business coaches I'm so salty on them none of I'm them have sure businesses know. look for someone <laughs> and th- they don't even have to be running a course honestly I've never actually hired a mentor who has a course I've literally just gone to that person and said hey can I spend some time with you and pay you for you to help me with this because I feel like a lot of and there are still some great courses out there, but a lot, of, a lot of them are a bit wishy-washy by people who don't walk the walk. So yeah. always look for someone who walks the walk in their area, pick their brain, learn their mistakes, ask how they can help you, and then go to the next one. And they love that. True mm-hmm. mentors don't say, oh, so-and-so copied me. That's my mm-hmm. exercise or that's my course. You know what I mean? Like true mentors are that successful. They're like, hey, I'm ready to help other people now. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, when you can find good
0: mentors, like never let them go because they're incredibly <laughs> difficult to find. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: they really are like, as you said, like a lot of people's true colours come out when like it's, um, I guess, social media or fame or money become abundant to people. It exposes who they actually are. It doesn't make mm. them better. It just exposes who they are. So that's why a lot of those people, they usually get um, found out pretty quickly. Mm. Um, and I think it's great. The other thing I think is really important when it comes to mentors is is that like what you were saying with courses and things like that anything that's generalized ain't mentoring it's not mentoring yep. it's telling and that's so fine because if you want to buy a course you get what you pay for like individualized customized approach is freaking expensive in the business world like really expensive and that's because it's in the business world right and i think it's all relative of what expensive is in terms of like individualized and customized coaching is expensive into contrast of what's in the fitness industry right so it's all relative but i think when you're first starting um yes like maybe something like that would be appropriate because you just need a lot of general advice to help you get on the right track if that's what you feel like is going to be helpful but there does come a time and a place and even if i go back to Business where maybe you need help with marketing, or maybe you need help with product development, or maybe you need help with um, with um, hiring or um, retention or scaling. Like there's mm-hmm. specific areas that people specialize in, and that's what you want to be able to get to. And you'll never get a cookie cutter program of some strategy that's supposed to work for everyone. Like just think about it. If there was a strategy that worked for everyone, wouldn't everyone be succeeding in that industry? Yeah. But it doesn't. So that's why people that want the quick fix buy those sort of things. And I'm again, they're not wrong. Like a lot of these generalized things are fine to start with. But eventually, if you want to get up and a, like above and beyond, you have to look for these specialized things. Now, it doesn't have to be just paid. Obviously, when there's paid mentoring and coaches, you're going to be getting, um, like, there's an expectation when there's paid, and that's the biggest difference. There's an expectation on the person who's receiving the money that they need to get you there as quickly as possible um, and in an individualised, customised way. They're going to be working one-on-one with you. They're going to be, like, back and forth. They're going to be assessing where you're at. They're going to be invested in you as a person, whereas when it's, like free, there is no expectation. And I think it's unrealistic to say that there should be. Um, that they should be invested in your long-term success. Even if I listed it something like um, what we're doing here, Danny, like this is a free podcast and we give out like incredible information, but I can't necessarily tell you what you should do with your business because I have no idea what's yes. happening on the opposite side of the screen. The same when you ask someone a question on like their Q&A box or in their DMs or whatever, It's because it depends on so many other areas and you're not going to get that on a free level usually um, to be able to allow you to truly succeed above and beyond to your full potential from that method because it's actually just unrealistic.
1: Yeah, for sure. And they're yeah, use this podcast as a resource to mm. learn the habits that that we've been doing um, and to just get a little bit of motivation and, and all of that. But I think you and I, Aishra, we've gotten past the point of exhausting free resources. Like we've spent years reading the books, doing the audio books and, and having all the free stuff that now we are drawn to people that are sort of at that next level. Yep. And we are at a point where we will invest to, to learn and really just spend that one-on-one time with someone but when we were younger free resources were amazing and it really just allowed us to see outside of where we grew up in Swan Hill and freaking Bayswater you know that was sort of a nice little Mm -hmm. eye open of the world that's out there but then you exhaust that option and then you change and a lot of my um, best mentors where I took a lot out of weren't even on social media mm. because they were running their businesses. So my business and finance mentors, so to speak, quote, unquote, who were just business owners that I became friends with, um, so I got to spend a lot of time with them, they're not busy posting on Instagram. They're not, you know, on social media that much. So I didn't seek them out that way. It's like, okay, wow, you have all these businesses. You obviously know what you're doing. Can you please help me? Mm, um, yeah. And then, for example, there's someone that I know who wants to learn about the stock exchange and trading and and making money on, on currencies and trading currencies. And he invested like a hundred thousand dollars to make like a million dollars back. So, or some people charge 30 grand for one-on-one. Like there's so many different scales from a hundred thousand dollars down to a hundred dollars, but you just have to find what you want without getting caught up in all the clickbait and, It's all about click funnels and all those things that they say. It's like, well, look at the person first. Mm. Be convinced that they know what they're doing because you'll be able to see that they're running a great business or they're in a beautiful relationship or whatever your goal is and then go to them there. Don't just say, hey, this person's got a lot of followers. Like they must be amazing. The fitness space is a bit different, I do realise. Business, relationship and all of that is you're not going to get as many followers because the business owners are – are a little bit more busy building systems and doing their businesses behind the scene. They might not be the face. For people who are the face, They'll have more followers. So I'm kind of getting a little bit tangled in my words here, but I hope that makes sense, guys. It's because it depends. It's because it's, it depends. Thank and you. I think that's <laughs> that's the point of
0: it all. Um, but I think, like you said, you can break it up into areas of like where you're going to get the most value when it comes to mentoring. I'm a big believer when it comes to business. It does need to be so specific to where you're at. You can have generalized advice, right? And you can make conclusions from that. Um, you can take what you want and leave what you don't, right? And I listen yeah. to a lot of business content free stuff ever I love it like books podcast and I often go nah that's I disagree with that or Mm -hmm. that would work for me or I I don't believe that that's the right way to approach it and that's just because I know what I don't know at the moment um, but I consume enough of it but if it was like if I only listen to that thing and I just took it as advice I wouldn't like it's the wrong thing to do whereas like you said there's going to be principles when it comes to certain industries like fitness it's going to be principles that you can get in a textbook or you can buy in a course and it's going to be you know pretty well structured and you can build on top of that but it's when it comes to that next level that mentors and coaches become more important because everyone can get to a certain foundational level with um, free stuff and generalized coaching, et cetera. But then it's that next step that's scary. um, That's usually like a big investment of time or money. Um, And that's when you have to, you know, some people are willing to take that step, like what you said, they, they 10 times their revenue by making that one small investment now in mm. hindsight for them. But at the time it was big and it was scary because they had to outsource and do that. And that's what I mean is, like, once you get to that point, you have to realise. I think uh, one of the most common ones that I see show up when we talk about practising what you preach is, like, I get so many people that are, like, social media experts reach out to me <laughs> and they're, like, let me help you grow your socials. Like, oh, yuck, I hate that. And I'm, like, and I click on their profile and they're posted, like, once in the last three weeks. and. <laughs> but- They have like 50 followers and I'm like, please, like what are you doing? Like you can't lead someone to a place that you have not been yourself and I'm a big believer in like if I like hire or look for a mentor, they have a level of knowledge five times what I do in that area. And they've proven that not in one business. And that's something I look at, not in one business. I don't care if someone can build one business. Can they build two, three, four? Have they proven that across different industries? Like that's what attracts me because I don't really see fitness and business as just like this isolated thing. I see fitness. And I see business. So you don't necessarily need to have those two merge to hire someone. Um, Like they don't have to have like specific industry knowledge. To me, it's not as important as like the business side of things. So I think it's really important. And again, I'm getting lost on TNGs Isn't it? It depends. (laughs) It depends. I think it just depends on where you're at. And everyone's going to know. They're going to be like, I'm still at this. Do you know what I mean? like, And I still haven't like made big investments into mentors yet. I'm only just that now, right? And like I said, that's scary for me. And maybe I say big out of context because I have invested a lot of money into my own um coaches and those sorts of things. So i probably take that back. But when we talk about business, I might sort of reframe that into like big investments like business coaching or anything like that. I've never really invested a huge amount of money in that. Yeah. Um, I've made the most of free resources. And now I feel like, okay, to get to that next level, I probably need some help now. And that's okay. I think everyone knows when you get to that sort of like fork in the road of like where your um barriers are. And like I said, mm. there's so many different areas where you just need another skill set to come in so that you're not trying to wear all the hats and manage
1: everything. I think with you and I, because we've created businesses that haven't modeled anything else, it's very hard to find one place to go to for help because we have created it out of little bits and pieces in our brain that we've collected over our whole life. So it's like, There's never one next thing for people who are creating new things. You can learn the internal parts that you might need. But again, just to to reiterate as well, you can get really amazing free advice by just surrounding yourself with baller people, like boss ass people, because naturally they're talking about awesome things and you might learn one thing when when you catch up and it's like oh my god like I Mm. could have paid someone thousands for that piece of advice but you've literally just applied it for your whole life like Mm -hmm. I get a lot of that with um with Paul's dad actually because he's the behind the scenes of the business and when I'm going over for dinner I just indirectly learn stuff and we Mm -hmm. learn stuff from people every day but it's like wow, I didn't sign up to his course. I just happened to be at the dinner table with someone who loves what he does. And then indirectly, you know, we just get chatting. So that's why environment again, like it's like gold nuggets, but Mm -hmm. then you can spin it on the other way. And we might have been in situations where we end up talking to someone, I don't know, we're getting a massage and then all of a sudden we're coaching someone through all of their life's problem and it's like, oh, my God, like we need to manage that as well. Um, Yeah, absolutely. You do. It's a really good point. And I think um,
0: like as you were saying, if I was – like even what I did when I was first starting and trying to build myself up, I didn't have the money to invest like in a lot of things. And that's just the reality of when you start. So I just found people that were well above me in the areas that I wanted to be and almost like volunteered my time and company and energy and like, you know, value. And 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 that's amazing. Like that's a that's a that's a fund, right? It doesn't have to be money, and I think um, a lot of people really do that to find their communities and network in. You can get so much value from not having to really outlay a lot of money. I think it's important to name that because, yep. like, a lot of people don't have a huge amount of resources to be able to use, and you don't need it at the start. I think finding communities and pockets of people um, is so undervalued because. Even when I first started, like a lot of people dedicated their free time to me just for me to ask questions and to get clarity and to get a bit more insight and wisdom from what they had been through. And I'm so internally grateful for that because- like I didn't, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't do anything for it. And I think that's just a good person. Like I would do yeah. that for someone in my circle. Of course I would because yeah. it's been, it's been done to me. So I think you can never go wrong with like free and paid are both valuable. It really does just depend on where you're at and what sort of expertise and skills
1: and guidance you actually need. Amazing. Before this episode, Sherelle and I had planned for this one to be a short one. We're like, we'll do a dot <laughs> point style episode. <laughs> one hour later or probably even more, we probably only needed literally two points and then it no. would have been a quick episode i think it's impossible for us we, it is impossible. i just love it's just fun yeah we try to shorten it it doesn't work um, but eight <laughs> habits we try to eight things we'll stick
0: with one next time and we'll Legit. get to it um but no we we really do hope that everyone enjoyed this one we know that a lot of these things that we've listed again like you know work ethic tracking your your energy writing down your goals you know education mentors they're all things that we've mentioned before and a lot of the things that you might know but again there's always going to be it depends and complexities and individualization when it comes to all of these different things there is no rules or set things that are going to make you successful um, but there's qualities that you can build on and really mold your own way of doing things so Mm -hmm. we hope that you did take something from this episode if anything did resonate or if you did enjoy it please do make sure that you take a screenshot and share it to your social media story i'm pumped go enjoy the day everyone Thanks, guys.